me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. Help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. Help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. Help me, Rhonda. Yeah. Figure out whether or not Lost is a good TV show. Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues, a podcast about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. And we're here to talk about Season 2, Episode 21. Huh? It's Tim <laughs> Allen grunt noise. Um, yeah, uh, question mark. Um Emma, first impressions on this episode. What did you think about it? I thought that this was a great episode. Absolute banger. 10 out of 10. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't always see the flashbacks and the story on the island kind of weave together well. Sometimes it's a little clunky. Uh, That was not the case Mm -hmm. this episode. I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, uh, the flashbacks are... Uh, they thematically tie into what's going on on the island, but with also adding their own stuff, which is basically how you always want them to be, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, uh, I, I would agree. I think this is a fantastic episode. There's really nothing missing from it, uh, and I don't think there's any big problems I have. I have one issue in the flashbacks that I don't like, but it really doesn't affect this episode. It more affects... Honestly, past episodes, but we'll get there. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, let's let's dive in. Uh, this episode was uh, directed by Darren Serafian, who um, it, he has directed a lot of stuff, um, a lot of TV. He directed a lot of House, um, some Buffy the Vampire Slayer, of course, um, but all kinds of different stuff. But interestingly, I, the Wikipedia says this, and I can't really find another source, um, but supposedly this episode was going to be directed by um, Darren Aronofsky, mm-hmm. and, but I can't find anything. All it says is, like, you know, he wasn't available, so they weren't able to, to get him in, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't see anything else. But, I mean, uh, what's he's probably most known for... Black Swan, right? Is that the biggest movie that he's done? Oh, okay. Or was... no, he did um he did that really sad one about the drug addict, right? What what was that? The Requiem uh, the one for about a dream? Heroin? Yeah, didn't he do Requiem for a Dream? Oh man, I am not 100% sure, but I was like, why does that name sound so familiar? I think he's Yes, he did. Directed a He did few... do Requiem for a oh, Dream. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a pretty I mean, he's a pretty well-known director. He would be Probably the biggest director that they would have had on at that point if he had done the episode. J.J. Mm. Um, Abrams was pretty big as well, I think, at this point. But um, I think Aronofsky was a little bit more. But yeah, uh, but it wasn't him. So I don't. I'm. I don't know. It's interesting. I would love to know what that would have looked like for this episode with someone more because he's kind of more into like the psychological, dreamy aspect, mm-hmm. and this episode does have a lot of dreams. So. Um, it would have been interesting to see how somebody else handled the dream sequences on this show. Um, yeah, I think that the dream sequences this episode are pretty good, though. Yeah, they're be- they're better than they normally are yeah. for sure. Um, this episode was also written by um, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse, so um, 
Uh, you know, okay. yeah, I, I don't really know what to say about that every time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it aired May 10th, 2006. So this episode begins with Echo uh, chopping wood on the beach. Uh, he sees Anna Lucia, who asks him what he's building, and he talks about the church. And she says uh, that he needs to help Locke. Um, and then she says that he's dreaming, and now he sees her, she's... You know, got a bullet wound in her chest and blood coming out of her mouth. Um, and it flips over to the hatch where he sees Yemi inside the hatch at the computer. Uh, and telling him that the work being done in there is the most important thing. And that he needs to help Locke. Uh, and Locke has to take him to the question mark. And we see the the uh, numbers in the, the countdown have all changed into question marks. And then Echo wakes up. Um... Charlie is in this episode for four seconds, and that's it. Um, apparently, him and Echo now sleep like right yeah. next to each other, which is cute, I yeah, guess. Um, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I think that's that's kind of like a funny detail because yeah, Charlie isn't. I mean, when was the last time Charlie even really had anything to do with the plot? Right? Wasn't it? It was kind of just when Said and Anna Lucia were going after the balloon, wasn't it? Yeah. He's mm-hmm. been pretty absent lately. Yeah, he has been. I was just saying, I wonder if this is around the time when he and Evangeline Lily broke up. Uh, mm. Maybe there was some drama behind the scenes. I know that it's happening around here, but it might have not have been until after the second season. It's so weird how personal things like that can affect an entire TV show. Uh, well, the one, I mean, we always talk about is uh, Donna on Twin Peaks. Yeah. Oof. Uh, what was her name? Laura Flynn Boyle. Oh, yeah. Laura Flynn Boyle basically tanking, like... <sighs> A, an entire season of uh, a fantastic show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, one thing I was going to mention too before we mm-hmm. move on from the dream sequence is uh, I got like Desmond vibes from Yemi for a second, and it's literally only because oh, really? he said brother. <laughs> yeah, he referred oh. to <laughs> his brother, and it was like, oh, Desmond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well he he actually meant it though this time it wasn't uh disingenuous like when desmond says it um <laughs> that's funny um so this is something that we've dealt with before but it's now like the dead of night and sawyer jack Locke, and kate are all arguing and blaming each other on the way back to the hatch but like it, watching these episodes one in a row really makes it clear how like disjointed all that is because they were just talking on the beach like in the middle of day so um they've been arguing for a long time yeah i guess they just really i mean i guess honestly maybe i would believe that uh at this point with jack and Locke especially Mm -hmm. that they just sat on the beach and argued for forever uh but as they're coming up michael stumbles out of the cat uh, out of the hatch uh uh, clutching his uh bullet wound shoulder uh he does I mean, an extremely convincing job blaming Henry, talking about how he woke up and uh, the other two had been shot and then Henry shot him and took off. Um, Sawyer and Kate and Locke go inside to find Anna Lucia and Libby both dead, just like we knew they were, except huge twist. Uh, Libby is still alive, technically. She's been injured, but she's not dead yet. This is great, I think. This is such a good like twist Mm -hmm. where you're like just the whole time like you're kind of feeling like is she get you're waiting for the tension of it to happen and you've got the little things with michael throughout the episode of course Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah she's she's in shock and she can't talk um 
so Jack wants to go out and search for Henry, but of course Sawyer is finally the person to say, hey, what if the doctor didn't go out and get himself killed? Um, and uh, so Echo volunteers himself and Locke to go out and look for Henry. Um, something that, I mean, he will abandon the second thing. I, I guess he just never even had the intention of doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in our first flashback, uh, Echo is taking a confession, um, and it ends up being with a forger who made an Australian passport for him. Classic scene mm-hmm. in a confessional. Um, sure. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a pretty seedy guy, the forger, and he tells Echo that he has friends in Los Angeles who he can set him up with, and they're kind of having a back and forth. It does pique Echo's interest a little bit. Like, he asks more about it. Yeah. It doesn't seem like Echo is completely rejecting it, for sure. Right. Like, yeah. He's he's still on the redemption arc here. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, as they are discussing this, the... Oh, my God. I meant to look this up before we started recording. The, the Monsignor? Oh, yeah. I think that's a cardinal, right? The car- can I just say cardinal? Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. Uh, we're, apologies to any Catholics who are listening that are like, no, that's not the cardinal, yeah. that's the whatever. We think it's the cardinal, it- and we si- <laughs> simply will not be looking it up. No, no time to do that. Um, no. So as they're discussing this, the cardinal comes up and refers to him as uh, Tundi, and Echo mm-hmm. uh, refers to the seedy man as Mr. Caldwell. Um and he lies and says that uh, he's, well, I guess maybe he doesn't really lie. He says that he is helping him yeah. with the trip to America. So that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cardinal tells him that the trip will have to be postponed because a miracle has taken place. Um, then we go to a next scene in the church and a woman is telling Echo that her daughter drowned after slipping into the river. And she tells him that... Uh, she was dead and then woke up again. And Echo is, of course, very suspicious of this and tries to decline the investigation, um, I'm sure because he'd much rather go to America. Um, Mm -hmm. But the Cardinal tells him that he picked him because he's suspicious, so he does begrudgingly take on the investigation. Yeah. I kind of got the sense that maybe Echo was going to, like, cut and run in America. Yeah. Um, which is, I guess, not really explicit in the episode, but at least that's the vibe I get. Mm-hmm. That's the um, vibe I got, too. <clears throat> on trudging through the jungle, uh, Echo is leading and Locke has not seen any tracks, which is, I guess, their justification for why, you know, why what they're doing is okay. Like, Henry didn't actually leave any tracks. Um, but Echo asks Locke about the question mark and... Locke is hesitant to share anything, so Echo knocks him out. We get a classic Locke, or Lost uh, knockout here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's unconscious. Uh, it's hard to feel too bad for Locke after he did it to Saeed and Boone. Um, but he wakes up, and he gives Echo the map that he's drawn. Um, but he says it's useless. It doesn't really mean anything. Uh, Echo says that He's fine not searching for Henry because Anna Lucia wants him to find the question mark. And I get... Yeah, it's hard to... It's... 
interesting on whether or not these dreams are actually the people or if it's the island or what. Mm -hmm. But Echo definitely believes that it's actually Anna Lucia and his brother telling him what to do. Yeah. In the second flashback, um, Echo is interviewing the Undertaker. And mm -hmm. um, the Undertaker is interested uh, to know if the Vatican is really interested in the case. And um, Echo responds that it really depends on what he puts in his report. He's just being really... Uh, he doesn't want to be here. Dismissive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he's, yeah. he's not having a good time. Uh, and the Undertaker is being a bit... Undertaker slash coroner, I should say, is being pretty uh -huh. cagey with Echo. Um, Feels like a conflict of interest, to be to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Echo um, continues the report and asks him to kind of walk over the details with him. Um, he says that he got a call around 1 a.m. and that the girl came in after being in the water for two hours. Um, he says that he found out she was not dead during the autopsy, which Echo looks at him pretty, I don't know, uh, thinks that he's maybe lying, but the coroner takes out a tape and plays it for him. In the tape, the body has been prepped and washed, but right after, uh, right as he's about to make the incision, the tape is full of screams and um, turns out she was alive and he hands the tape to Echo and tells him that he never wants to hear it again. Yeah, this is pretty great, I yeah. think. Super um, well done. It gave me like X-Files vibes. Yes, absolutely. And it's a, uh, it's a pretty horrifying situation. Yeah, oof. There's a Stephen King book that I remember. It's like a short story in one of his collections where it has basically that premise where a guy is in a car accident and then he gets bit by a snake and it, the venom makes him seem dead, but he's just paralyzed. And so he has to sit there while, like, they're, you know, maybe going to go through his autopsy or <sighs> whatever. Um, and it is, of course, horrifying right up until the last third of it and then Stephen King... Uh, uh, whiffs, which is uh, his his whole process, really. But, <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, uh, the tape is really well done, and it you 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 you're right. It's definitely like X file vibes, where you're just like I don't know. This is fun. I would love to have a show that's just Echo as a priest investigating yeah. stuff too. That would be fun. Same here. <laughs> uh, Locke takes Echo back to the plane crash site. Um, that's where the map leads. Um, Locke talks about Boone, and he's clearly, like, you know, starting to question all the stuff he said about how Boone was a sacrifice the island demanded. And, um, but yeah, he talks about how the, clane, the plane fell from the cliff up top, and they camp there for the night. Back at the hatch, uh, Jack says there's not really anything else that he can do for Libby, uh, but he can make her comfortable. Um, but he doesn't have any of the heroin. Sawyer has it in the gun stash. Um, so Sawyer offers to go get it. And this is where he says, it'll be, I'll be back in 20 minutes. So I guess this is confirmation that it's 10 minutes to and from the, yeah, uh, to and from the hatch to the beach. <laughs> so Very like, good point. it really, it, it, they're really are not consistent on this at all, which 
I, maybe I didn't ever really notice it my first watch through. I think so. I think it might just be because we're analyzing the episodes a little bit more. But it is bumping me every time now when I hear it. <laughs> Jack says that Kate is going to go with Sawyer to get the heroin, which doesn't need to happen. But Sawyer realizes it's because Jack wants Kate to see where the guns are. Um, Jack is basically realizing there's nothing he can do for Libby, so he might as well get something out of this. I mean, this is cold. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's what you gotta do. I don't know. But, uh, Sawyer begrudgingly agrees and takes Kate back to his tent. Um, he, there is a thing where Kate questions him on how Anna Lucia got his gun and he denies knowing how it happened. So I guess he's just going to stick to that story. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, they go back to his tent where it turns out he had kept the guns buried all along. Um, and Kate's like, what, they were here the whole time? And... Sawyer says, oh, well, I fooled you, didn't I? So, which, he's right, I guess. Um, nobody's really... I mean, the number of times Sawyer has come back to his tent to find somebody tossing it is... It's happened, like, a few times at yeah. this point, so maybe I wouldn't have done that, but it worked. Um, they go to grab it, but then uh, as they are coming out of the tent, Hurley walks up and asks if they've seen Libby, um, who he hasn't seen since the day before now. Uh, I guess he didn't want to go check the hatch. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, pretty sad, and we kind of get a wide shot with no audio as Kate tells him what happens. You can kind of see his his, uh, his head fall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sad. I think, uh, I think Jorge Garcia gives a really good performance this episode. Yeah, I think so too. He didn't... He had the chance to kind of like overplay it and mm-hmm. be very dramatic, but I think he he did the right move and there's more melancholy than like the big drama that I yeah. guess I kind of expect from network TV sometimes, but right. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think, I, I think it's a good performance mm-hmm. at the, uh, the plane crash. Yemi wakes up echo and guides him to the top of the cliff and echo climbs up using the ax to help climb himself up. Um, at the top, Yemi is sitting in a wheelchair and he surprises Echo, so Echo falls off. Um, this one is a little bit cornier than the first one, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has the vibes of just like... I mean, obviously, they just threw a dummy off the cliff and then filmed it. Mm-hmm. But like, you can kind of always tell when people do that. And it always feels a little bit silly. But yeah, this time it wasn't Echo's dream, it was Locke's. And so Locke eventually tells him about it and Echo goes to climb up again. Uh, in our third flashback, Echo arrives to the home to interview the daughter, uh, but the husband, Richard, comes out and makes Joyce and the daughter go back inside. Uh, the husband is none other than the psychic that Claire saw. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Jack's sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... The the husband uh, claims, or Richard, I guess I should say, claims that it wasn't a miracle, and the doctor who treated her was trying to cover up his own negligence. Um, in his story, uh, he says that she fell into a mountain river and got hypothermia and appeared dead. Uh, and he also says that his wife is saying that it's a miracle solely to spite him. Um, because he's a fraud psychic that gathers information on people and then exploits it. Um, yeah. Pretty disappointing. So, I do kind of, I, I buy the story 
about the daughter, right? Like, that's believable. Mm-hmm. But the stuff about the wife just trying to spite him, I don't know. That's where it, like, fell off a tiny bit for me. No, I didn't get that vibe at all no. from him. Um, it, or from her, I should say, from the first uh, scene. And, yeah, this is the thing that I was most disappointed about in this episode. I think that this is... I did, They basically, they wanted to answer the question of you know, what was the deal with the psychic from Claire's episode? Mm-hmm. And the answer that they came up with was, oh, nothing. He was, I guess, just kidding. I, I Like, the, there's a deleted scene where he says that he was paid, like, $16,000 by a couple in L.A. to convince Claire to give their baby to him, or to them. Mm. And so it's a bummer because it, it just kind of robs Claire of, like, the only bit of island mystery that she had. Yeah. Um, and now it's, now it's just nothing. Now it's just that she had the baby on the island, which is not really a mystery. It's just biologically what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is... It's disappointing because that is a cool plot thread, and they did nothing with it. And the nothing that they did with it was not very narratively satisfying. Yeah. Well, they've always done Claire pretty dirty, so... Yeah, they have. Yeah. Um, I wish they would have kept that deleted scene in it, too, because... Yeah, that would have that would have been better to at least completely go in on the whole he's a fraud thing, rather right. than... Because it still is kind of up in the air, like, oh, is he just such a cynic about what's going on that he's refusing to even admit that he has ability? Like, I've seen people argue that on lost message board theory boards or whatever. Um, well, that's kind of what I was thinking in the episode is like, oh, maybe we get mm-hmm. another Claire episode now and we get to see this character, like the psychic's kind of character arc and behind the scenes for why he was pushing it so much. But to just be like, oh, he was a prod, period. Feels, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, again, they're yeah. just not doing Claire's character justice here. No, they're not. And I will say this. No spoilers, but we're never seeing this psychic again. Um, he There's a chance he doesn't even get referenced again in the show, but um, we're never finding out any more about him throughout the rest of this, so this is kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, he, I do uh, think that he kind of gives like a poignant performance, though, when it comes to kind of talking about how he meets people every day who are desperate for a miracle and he knows mm-hmm. that they won't find one. Um, I thought that that was kind of like a, a good, it really weaved yeah. into the show really well too. Like everything that was happening on the hatch. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but Echo decides that this is enough for him and he is going to report back that no miracle happened. Um, but as he's leaving, he kind of turns around and Charlotte is looking out in the window for him, out of the window for him. And I think it kind of piques his interest, but he still leaves. Yeah. I think he's more than happy at this point to just give up on this investigation. Yeah. So I guess that's why he's doing that. But you do get the sense that he would like to dig into it more. Mm-hmm. Um, Echo is climbing up the cliff. Um, as he's, I would say, about halfway up, Locke shouts out, Echo, be careful. Um, which is not very helpful. Yeah. I thought that that was so funny. Like, he kept just being like, Echo, are you okay? 
Echo, be careful. It's like, all right, well, he's climbing, John. Maybe let him do that. Um, but Echo finally gets to the top, turns around and looks down, and he sees that in the clearing around where the plane crashes, there is a question mark of dirt in the grass uh, with the, the plane covering over the part that would have the circle. Uh, so he gets back down, and they push the plane out of the way to find another hatch. And this time, Locke has, like, kind of gotten... You, you get the sense that he's, like, back in it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's excited to open up the hatch again. Um, and so they, you know, they bang it open, and they, they look down, and there's another giant ladder leading down into the earth. Um, back in the swan hatch, uh, Jack opens up the heroin. Um... As Hurley tells Michael about the date that they were about to go on, he and Libby. Um, But Hurley says, well, you know, at least you're okay to Michael, which is clearly just driving the knife in deeper for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, again, I think you're right. It's a good, like, understated performance from Jorge Garcia here. Locke and Echo climb down into the hatch. Uh, This hatch has two chairs and a bunch of monitors. Um, so they op- they turn on all of the monitors and they connect two cameras that are in the hatch. So Locke, like, sees Jack, uh, walking through the kitchen in the hatch. Um, there's also a computer that prints, like, a long stream. It basically is, it has, uh, the numbers repeated over and over and the word accepted repeated over and over. And then, uh, there's also pneumatic tubes, like, uh, they used to have at banks. Or maybe they still do at banks, I don't know. Yeah, I can't I say know. that I've ever I've made a deposit like that. I I remember as a kid having to sit in the car while my mom did. Um, but did they give I don't you think a, made a deposit? A sucker, a dum-dum sucker. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That's um. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now here's my thing. So we've talked about what this hatch has, right? It has two uh, comfortable-looking armchairs. Uh, a bunch of TVs and a computer and some pneumatic tubes where you can just uh, shoot your garbage into, I think, if you don't want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, to me, is the ideal place to live on the island at this moment. Mm-hmm. If if I knew about this hatch, I would have claimed it for myself. Um, I guess getting in and out is kind of a pain, it seems like, but uh, for sure it's safer than anywhere else. Um, oh, yeah. You just got to keep getting food and then bringing it down. You can watch, like, six different TV shows, nine different TV shows at once. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You can really get... And, you know, it's there's good drama going on in The Hatch. I mean, heck, we're yeah. watching it, so we know That's it's good. Um, we're turning it in every week. <laughs> um, Locke does uh, send his little map that he made up the pneumatic tube. Why would uh, he do then, that? Why I don't know. Would it's he very weird. Yeah. <laughs> I guess just to see if it's working. Um Seems like maybe you would want to hold on to that, but I guess he just recreated it from memory. Sure. Um, but um, if there's somebody on the other end of it, they definitely just got a weird surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find a new orientation. This time it's a VHS instead of a, a film reel. Uh, it has uh, the same guy, but I believe the first time his name was Dr. Marvin Candle. And uh, this time his name is Dr. Mark Wickman is what he says his name is. Um, and he talks about how the swan hatch is a psychological experiment, and the the hatch that they've found out here at the question mark is called the pearl. 
and it's a monitoring station reporting on everything going on in the hatch. Um, and so uh, it it doesn't ever outright say it, but it does imply that the stuff going on in the other hatch is just a psychological experiment, mm-hmm. and it's not real, even though they believe it's real. Um, when it finishes, Echo says, you know, do you want to watch that again? Kind of echoing Locke at, after the first orientation where he says, oh, we're going to have to watch that again. Mm-hmm. And But this time Locke says, no, I don't need to. Um, Echo goes to collect some papers uh, from the hatch to bring back to uh, the camp. Uh, but Locke is completely disillusioned, talking about how the the other hatch is a complete pointless lie. Uh, he says, every single second of my pathetic little life is as useless as that button. Um, but, on the other hand, Echo is now more emboldened than ever. He's and jazzed. believes that what's going on... Yeah, what, what's going on in the hatch is uh, the most important thing going on. Um, he wants to push that button. So, they've kind of... I mean, they haven't flip-flopped. I think Echo just didn't really think about the hatch before. Mm-hmm. But... Locke is, like, completely doesn't care about it now, and Echo is completely on board. I like these two together. I know, they have really good chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer the show. I mean, it's gl- I'm glad that the show finally did pair them up, but it, I kind of wish it happened more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. In our final flashback, uh, Echo is at the airport for flight uh, 815, which is leaving from... And yeah. I think, I think we should commend um the writers and the producers and you know everyone involved in the show that they didn't make this about jack screaming at oh my god the the gate attendant again (laughs) yes i i maybe it was just too soon it was just they were like well we did do it just the last episode but um it happens in the same place so (laughs) it could have been easily (laughs) was was he talking to cindy yeah uh to to uh no her name is chrissy oh chrissy that's right my bad yeah why chrissy why can't i just (laughs) yeah um but it would have been fun to have echo shouting as jack is also shouting we just haven't seen that part (laughs) right next to each other um (laughs) yeah so he's he's walking to the gate and uh charlotte finds him and uh charlotte says that she followed him there because she has a message for him that she needs to deliver uh, the message is from Yemi, and it begins with um, uh, that he was a good priest, uh, Echo. And Echo gets very defensive and demands to know, you know, who set her up to this. And um, he's he's very suspicious. Uh, Charlotte goes on to say that she saw Yemi um, when she was between places and that she knew that Echo was going to come see her. And she also says that even though he is pretending, he is a good man and that he wants them to know that even though he doesn't have faith in himself, Yemi has faith in him. Um, And Echo gets more and more upset and begins to yell, which prompts Libby to step in and make sure that everything is all right. Um, But the conversation kind of... Uh, and that at that point, it's. I think this is good. I mean, it's. It kind of just definitively lands on it. A miracle really did happen to this girl, right? Right. Like, yep. 
because um, there's no way she would have known Yemi's name. It didn't. I don't even think that the Caldwell guy would have known Yemi's name. No. Um. So, yeah, that's it's uh, interesting. And then that was a piece of it too, where I was like, I don't, I don't know. It just made me think more about the the psychic dad again. I know. You know, like I yeah, really he's... wish they would have shut that a, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either way, even if he is, like, a complete fraud, this is still really interesting, where he's a complete fraud who now has had this miracle happen in his family. Right. Um, and his or, daughter had a psychic experience. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's interesting to look at, even if... But I guess, I mean, I do think it would be difficult to really shoehorn another character in there. Yeah. Because, you know, this is all happening as the plane is leaving. So unless there's another plane that lands that has the the psychic on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. It made me kind of think, though, like, I wish, and maybe this does happen down the line, but I sort of wish we had an episode of all of the secondary characters that were involved with, like, uh... 815. I think that would be really interesting TV for me to like see like the 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 people like not on the island you mean? The people not on the island but who were a part of getting the yeah. main cast to the island just kind of like seeing their reaction to hearing that the flight crashed or like that would be really interesting television. I would love to see that episode. I don't yeah. I oh, yeah. I doubt it's going to happen, but how cool would it be? <laughs> I, w- I mean, I would love to get, like, a Christian Shepherd episode. I think that would, like, a... I, we've gotten plenty of him, I guess. But, yeah, there's there's plenty of people that... Or, uh, the... I think it would have been nice to get one from, uh, the Marshal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I, w- I think that that would be nice. But, I mean, they just... They seem pretty committed to... It's about the person that's on the island. Right. Yeah. Echo explains to Locke about how, like, improbable his encounter is with finding Yemi's plane again after everything that happened, and basically says, like, this is what gives him faith. Um, and says that if Locke's not going to push the button, then he will. Back in the hatch, uh, Jack uh, gives Libby the heroin, and Hurley goes over to talk to her. Uh, pretty much all he does is apologize for forgetting the blankets. Um yeah, this is a great performance. This is pretty, uh, pretty heartbreaking to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, Libby wakes up for a little bit, and her last words are um, Michael's name. Uh, she's, you know, she calls out, and they think that it's just concern for Michael, and they don't understand, of course, that she's trying to say what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, then she she dies. Um, Jack does the putting her eyelids down um i think maybe he probably could have waited until hurley wasn't there to do that part mm-hmm. uh that's just me um we get a little montage of everyone kind of sitting there in grief as the the hatch beeps uh we see Locke and echo walking back um we see michael looking extremely ominous in the gun safe room and then uh one final shot of the hatch computer and that's the end of the episode who is in the gun safe with him? I don't think anybody. Oh, I thought I saw somebody, like, asleep to the right. 
No, I think all the blankets are like bunched up. Oh, from okay. What was Henry's cot? But I don't think anyone was in there okay. unless I fully missed something. Or oh, maybe they had Anna's body in there. Oh, I bet that was it. I bet you that was it. I yeah. didn't notice that though at all. Um, or maybe maybe there's just some other like seventh character that has just been taking a nap this whole time. Yeah. And we <laughs> well, fully have missed them. Mm-hmm, we'll Henry's just been hiding under the covers. <laughs> and we didn't know. Um. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so this episode, um, came in at number 39 on IMDb, which is pretty high. I probably would have put it a little bit higher, at least. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a great episode. That's good. Uh, that kind of surprises me. There are certainly me. ones, there's ones that have been ranked higher that I would probably rank this one above. Mm-hmm. I think this one was pretty entertaining. Um, and then, yeah, next week, uh, we'll be talking about three minutes which is a michael episode um so that'll be uh that'll be good to watch i hopefully if you've listened to the uh uh the the loss toxicity problem episode that we put out you'll know that we're gonna be uh looking for (laughs) for uh what's going on behind the scenes on this one so it Mm -hmm. should be pretty entertaining just really quick one last mm-hmm. thought. I gave this episode yeah. a 10 out of 10, and I'm standing by that. But one thing I would yeah. have liked to see is um, them kind of leaning in to the symbolism of the crash a little bit more for Locke. Because that's where he lost Boone um, and had kind of that fight of faith within him. Um, and I just wish that... It, it would have kind of bubbled up a little bit more in regards to... Like, Are you talking about the, the like, the the small plane crash? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I wish yeah. that it would have bubbled up a little bit more than just kind of manifesting into, like, oh, I give up on this island. I wish that he maybe would have mentioned that a little bit. Because it really is a right. very symbolic piece of the island for both of them. And it's so interesting. Yeah, they're both they kind of tied that. up in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so that's just, a good point. I wish that they would have um, leaned into it a little bit more. That's my only, my one and only uh, gripe about this episode. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, 10 out of 10 for sure. I do like that they keep going back to the, the plane. Like, there's mm-hmm. just always something new. There's gonna We're going to find out that there's been a, a hot air balloon way in the sky this whole time, right above the mm-hmm. plane sometime. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, all right, well... Uh, Again, next week we'll be doing uh, Michael episode, three minutes. Uh, Until then, you can tweet at us at allthebestpods. You can send us an email, allthebestpodcasts at gmail.com. And until then, get get lost. lost.